I think Erica's waving at you. I won't, uh, I won't paint your nose off. I'll just paint you. It's always good to begin a service with a baptism, and I have in the baptistry with me this morning uh, Eli James. Eli came and visited with me not long ago, he and his dad, and so uh, Eli was a faithful attender of Bible school, and not only was he shared the gospel at home, but he was shared the gospel by uh, his teacher at Bible school, and she told him, if you ever need to talk to Brother Sammy, He'll, he'll talk with you. And so he, he, he wanted to talk with me, and we had a good visit. And Eli prayed. He asked Christ to come into his life and save him. And I know God's got a, a, a lot of things for Eli to do in the future. The ones I baptized this morning, you know, the Bible tells us that we're to be the salt of the earth. And when I baptize them, they're going to just stick their finger in a little cup of water up here ceramic cup and it's a salty water and that salt water just to remind them that they're going to be the salt of the earth they're going to have a strong testimony for the lord and then there's a candle lit behind me that's just the christ candle we symbolic christ is the light of the world and eli when he placed his faith in him promised him that he was going to let his light shine for Jesus here on this earth until the Lord comes back. And so you'll see them do that, and that's what they're doing. Eli, have you asked Christ to come into your life and save you? Yes, sir. Well, based on your professional faith, it's an honor and privilege for me to baptize you in the name of the Father. Right here. Now you can grab it. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. You're buried in the likeness of his death, and you're raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Good. Give Eli a round of applause. This young man is Bo Heatherly. Had an opportunity to visit Bo after Bible school. And Bo was shared the gospel in Bible school, but also at home. And Bo prayed in my study. He and his father, and we held hands, and he asked Christ to come into his life and save him. 
Both of you trusted Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Well, based on that professional faith, it's an honor for me to baptize you this morning. You'll take my arm right here. This one. Just hold on to this one. This one right here. And this one right there. There you go. I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to bury you beneath the waters of baptism. And you're raised in the likeness of his resurrection. That's good. This minute, we're going to get another round of applause for you. There you go. How about that? This young lady is Emma Cosby. And so Emma had trusted Christ some time back. And she had never had an opportunity to follow through with her baptism. She came here. And so, Emma, have you trusted Christ to be your Lord and Savior? Well, based on your professional faith, it's an honor and privilege for me to baptize you as my sister. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. You're buried in the likeness of his death and raised in the likeness of his resurrection. There you go. Let it catch up. All right, now I'll just turn around. Now give Emma a round of applause. That's great. There you go, huh? You do it, belly buster. It's Ryan Hester. Ryan's a very special person to me. I remember when Ryan was born and at the hospital when he was born. And then years ago, as a, as a child, I had an opportunity to be in his pastor. And, and he hung around the church a lot. But this past January... Uh, Ryan asked Christ to come into his life and save him. He was born again, and so he's coming today to demonstrate that through the, through the ordinance of baptism. Ryan, have you asked Christ to save you? Yes, sir. Well, based on that profession in the Lord Jesus, it's an honor and it's a privilege to baptize you as my brother. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. You're buried in the likeness of his death, Raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Good.
Well, we're going to try. It's hard to keep it lit in water up here, y'all. Here you go, just like that. We're going to do this to that thing. Get that burner down. There we go. Give Ryan. That's a beautiful picture. This is Miss Charity Hester. This is Ryan's wife. Charity, have you asked Christ to come into your life and save you? Yes, well, based on that profession of faith, it's an honor to baptize you as my sister in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. You're buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. All right, now if you would give her a round of applause. Okay. What a wonderful way to begin our worship service this morning, and so we're so glad that you're here with us at Mountain View Baptist Church. A very special day today. This is uh, our homecoming day, our decoration day, but more importantly, as we're celebrating as a fam faith family, 100 years from 1921 to 2021 we've been a faith family here in phil campbell for a hundred years mainly keeping the gospel above everything we do telling people about jesus discipling people about jesus and trying to share the gospel with people that we come in contact with so stand to your feet as we begin as we sing we will remember a great song we sing a lot here and it just uh, focuses on what god has done for us in the past and what he's going to do for us in the future. So let me hear you sing. Sing out as we worship. We will remember. Let's sing. All right, let's sing it out. We will remember. We will remember. We will remember the works of your hand. We will stop and give you praise for great is thy faithfulness. Let's sing it again. We will remember. We will remember. We will remember. We will remember the work of your hands. We will stop and give you praise for great is thy faithfulness you're our creator our life sustainer deliverer our comfort our joy throughout the ages you've been our shelter our peace and the of the storm with signs and wonders you've shown your power 
With precious blood you showed us your grace. You've been our helper, our liberator, the giver of life with no end. Sing out, we will remember. We will remember. We will remember. We will remember the works of your hands. We will stop and give you praise for great is thy faithfulness. When we walk through life's darkest valleys, we will look back at all you have done. Let me hear you shout. And we will shout, our God is good, and He is the faithful one. Hallelujah, hallelujah to the one from whom all blessings flow. remember the day you saved me. I still remember the day you saved me, the day I heard you call out my name. You said you'd love me, would never leave me, and I've never been the same. You've never been the same. Sing out. We will remember. We will remember, we will remember, we will remember the works of your hand. We will stop and give you praise for great is thy faithfulness. Sing it again. We will Faithfulness, sing it out. Faithfulness. Amen. He's worthy this morning. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we'd like to take this time to welcome everyone this morning. Thank you so much for being here and for those tuned in on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. We welcome you and we invite you to join in and sing with us, worship with us. But it's so good to see you here this morning. Like Kyle has mentioned already, this is a special time for us. This is our regular decoration 
uh, Sunday, homecoming. And so we wanted to include our 100th uh, anniversary celebration on the same day. Uh, actually, our church uh, reached that, that mark on March the 20th this year. But during the COVID, we weren't able to, to celebrate like we'd like to. And so we waited until this special day. But thank you so much for being a part of this service. To our guests, we welcome you. Thank you for being here. There's a little guest card in the back of the chair in front of you. If you'd be so kind to fill that out. If you consider yourself a guest, then we'll have a record of your, your visit today. And so we welcome everyone. And again, we're happy that you're here. I'm excited about those that were baptized this morning. And I know God's going to bless their life as they of their lives as they continue to live for him. And so uh, I'm excited for them. You be praying for them because they're beginning a, a new walk as they begin a, a walk with Christ, and that'll be a different type of walk. Well, let's have a word of prayer and our invocation, and uh, we'll pray at this time. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to be here today. Thank you for the health that we have. And Lord, you've blessed us with a beautiful Lord's Day, and we thank you for that. And Father, we just witnessed something today at this baptismal service. And Lord, how have you changed the lives of people? They look the same on the outside, but something's happened on the inside. And they demonstrated that change today by obeying your command, being obedient in believers' baptism. And Father, just as a symbol letting others know that they've died to self, died to sin. They've been raised in Christ Jesus. We're as a new person, and we're excited about that. Help us as believers to walk beside them and pray for them and help them any way that we can. And now as we worship today and reflect, remember, Father, we pray that you'll be honored and glorified in everything. Father, I pray now for this service. Lord, this is just a special day for us here. And I thank you for an opportunity just to express that celebration. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, before we sing some more, uh, I'd like to just uh, share an introduction with some special, uh, two special uh, people that are here. Uh, first of all, a, a couple. Let me introduce to you Brother uh, um, Vinland Bradford. Brother Venland. Brother Venland was pastor here at Mountain View from October the 1st, 1973 to September the 30th, 1977. And his wife, Doris, is here. Brother Venland, Doris, y'all just stand right there. If you, he's going to be up here in just a few minutes, but welcome them. Turn around. Great. Thank y'all for coming. I followed uh, Venland after he left here. And so he went on down to East Side and stayed there over 30 years. And so now he's, uh, uh, he's back in the area serving a little church uh, in Haleville, New Union Baptist Church. And so uh, just kind of semi-retired from full-time to a part-time. And so we're glad that they could be with us today. Also, I want to recognize Brother Jimmy Austin. Brother Jimmy serves as a commissioner with Alabama Baptist Historic Commission. Brother Jimmy uh, attends Highland Baptist Church uh, in Florence, and he may be sharing some more about, about uh, that in just a few minutes. Brother Jimmy, if you would stand, please. Thank you so much. Give him a round of applause. 
So I'm glad that uh, Jimmy is able to be with us too. We met some time back. He may share that with you. But anyway, thank you for being here. At this time, we'll, uh, we'll have some more singing. Okay. Everything will be just right I'm gonna shout, 
This time we're going to, uh, I'm going to recognize uh, Brother Jimmy Austin. I introduced him just a few minutes ago from the Alabama Historic Commission. Brother Jimmy, come at this time. Thank you, Brother Sammy. I am Jimmy Austin. I'm the commissioner for District 10 of the Alabama Historical Commission. It encompasses six counties of this northwest corner of Alabama. I'm so privileged to be here. We could not do any of these presentations last year. And this is the first one I've been able to do this year. And so I'm honored to be here. But at the same time, I just have to tell you, it's, in my opinion, providential that I personally I'm here today. Not that any other commissioners couldn't have done this, but for me especially, it's a special occasion, just as it is a special one for you. Let me tell you why. I'm from Sheffield, and Sheffield was founded in 1885. There is a connection with the founding of Phil Campbell in 1886. You may or may not be aware of that, that Phil Campbell and Sheffield are connected. On the very first city council of Sheffield, there was a city councilman who was formerly from England, and he was a railroad man. This railroad man later, about six years later, became the mayor of Sheffield. And his task was to supervise the expansion of the Sheffield-Birmingham-Tennessee Railroad that crossed the river at Florence into the Shoals and to come south through this region to, to connect with the iron, ore, and the coal fields of Walker and Winston counties. And you think, wait a minute, iron, ore, and coal? Oh, you don't know. Sheffield was destined to be a steel center. That's destined, that's past tense. Nevertheless, this man was working in this area of Franklin County when a wealthy landowner approached him and asked him if he would bring the railroad through this area of the county and build a depot. And if he did, he would establish a town and name it for him. And so Mr. Phil Campbell from Sheffield, Alabama, formerly from England, did what Mr. Mel Allen of Franklin County asked him to do Phil did, Mel did, and now you live in one of the only two towns in Alabama that is named for a person's first and last name. So you see why I'm here today? I was supposed to be here today. I'm from Sheffield, you're from Phil Campbell, and it just makes sense. Second reason, this is the 100th anniversary of this church, but 100 years ago, a Methodist minister from Birmingham moved to Florence to pastor a church. When he moved to Florence, he brought along his young high school graduate daughter. And in church, 
she was seen by a young man from Florence who was home from API. I don't know if you've ever heard of API or not. It's Alabama Polytechnic Institute, which is now Auburn University. One and a half years later, that Methodist minister performed the wedding ceremony in marrying his daughter to that young man, and they became my grandparents. That young man had a vocational agricultural degree from API, and his first teaching position was in Phil Campbell, Alabama. And 94 years ago, my mother was born in this town. So you say, why well, I'm here today. I was supposed to be here today. And then, one more reason. On that fateful day 10 years ago, your brother Sammy contacted another brother Sammy by the name of Sammy Gilbreth, who at the time worked for the Alabama State Convention. And brother Sammy, that second brother Sammy, was the former pastor of my home church, Highland Baptist in Florence. Brother Sammy was able to uh, find a tent of which he provided for this congregation to use temp temporarily until further arrangements could be made. But that brother Sammy contacted my pastor, Brother John Brock from Highland Baptist Church, to put together a team to come to this site to erect that tent for this congregation to use temporarily. I was on that team. And like you, I was heartbroken when I saw what was here at this place. Today, I'm overjoyed to see what God has provided. Ten years later, this is my first visit back. But when I found out where I was coming for my first time in 2021, I was ecstatic. And it's my privilege to be here today. But it's also providential, as you can tell. Now... Many people question why a loving God would allow such a terrible storm of that day, such a deadly storm to be so destructive, first and foremost, but yet alone, destroy a church. And two things come to my mind. First, what God allows and doesn't allow are mysteries to us. We do not know the mind of God. What he allows or doesn't allow remains hidden with him until he chooses to reveal those things to us. At that time, we will know. But secondly, the storm that day, as bad as it was, did not destroy a church. It destroyed a building. A building. It did not destroy the church. You, the church, were here long before that storm, and you, the church, will remain long after this day. This church will remain until Jesus comes to take his church home. In recognizing historic achievements, our commission under the direction of Dr. Lonette Berg likes to use this particular verse from Psalm 102, 18. This will be written 
for the generation to come that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. That was true in 1921. And let me just stop and say, there may be something else providential about this in reading the history in 1921. Do you recall or read the first pastor of Spears Chapel was Brother Austin. That may have been some of my kin folks. Who knows? But nevertheless, whatever happened 10 years ago, notwithstanding the work of this congregation was not finished then, it is not finished in this community yet. That is why you remain. 100 years is definitely a great and wonderful anniversary. It's something to be proud of. It's something to celebrate for sure. But it's also something to be thankful for and to ask the Lord to continue to bless this church and to the generations yet to come. That is why what we witnessed to begin this service with these young people being baptized into the congregation, they continue the work that was begun in this community 100 years ago. Brother Sammy, it's my honor. Let me read what this beautiful plaque says. The Alabama Baptist Historical Commission and the, an entity of the Alabama Baptist State Convention commemorates Mountain View Baptist Church of Franklin Baptist Association on the church's 100th anniversary dedicated this day, June 27, 2021. Congratulations, church. Thank you, Brother Jimmy. On behalf of our church family, we, we proudly accept this, gladly accept this. And so thank you for being here today. This time I'm gonna recognize Brother Larry Dover, our Director of Missions. Uh, Brother Larry's been a friend of our church family for years and serves here in our county. So Brother Larry, if you come at this time, and his wife Janice uh, is here also. Well, uh, I was a little disappointed that Brother Sammy was not the founding pastor of this church. He'd been, <laughs> no, seriously. Brother Sammy and I have been friends for a long time, long before I became your associational missionary. But uh, we rode back and forth to seminary some together back in the days and uh, have watched his children grow up and now seeing his grandchildren. And I've watched this church my first remembrance of, of watching this church was in the 60s when I would drive by, no, actually I would ride by on that old yellow school bus going from Union to Phil Campbell to the high school. Later I drove that bus, but I can still see that, that building, the original part of the building that was blown away in the tornado. I didn't see that white building. I'm glad Grady and them got married there so we could have a picture of it. But this church has prospered because of what God has done. And he's still blessing you 
And I, I see that God has a great future for Mountain View Baptist Church. And so this certificate, suitable for framing, uh, just simply reads, is hereby awarded to Mountain View Baptist Church by the Franklin County Baptist Association, 100 years of faithful service to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, Brother Sammy, we present you this certificate for, suitable for framing and wish you many more years. God bless you. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, today we, we're so thankful to be here, thankful for all the ones that are gathered here to take part in this celebration. Thankful, Lord, to you for blessing this church and down through the years as we've seen the evidence this morning of the baptisms. Lord, how many lives has been touched down through the years as the gospel has been preached. And we pray that you continually uh, bless Brother Sammy and the leadership here. And be with all those that lead in this church. God, we thank you for your grace. We love you. We thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name. If you would at this time, please stand. And we're going to bow for just a moment of silence. And today is Decoration Day, so we're remembering uh, all the people that have served here. Some are buried in the cemetery. And some of you have family members out there. And in remembrance to them and their service to the church, to the community, uh, let's remember them in silence, please. Amen. Thank you. I'm very thankful for the invitation <clears throat> to come and uh, share just a few remarks with you. I'll try to keep it short. I know Baptist's favorite beatitude is this, blessed are the brief, <laughs> right? Well, I'll put it to you this way. Elizabeth Taylor said to all of her husbands, I won't keep you long, okay? I was excited when Brother Sammy called me about a month ago, I guess it was, and invited me to come and participate in this. It's a joyous time. And uh, he said, take about 10 minutes. Then yesterday he called me and said that Brother Billy wouldn't be here, so I assumed that he had allotted Brother Billy 10 minutes. <laughs> but Brother Billy's not going to be here, so do I get his 10 minutes too? Mouth is sealed, right? <clears throat> the word remembrance 
is recorded, I think, 52 times in the Scripture. The Apostle Peter used it four times, three times in his first chapter of Second Peter and once in the second chapter. Bring to remembrance, he says. Keep things in remembrance. Well, we can't celebrate unless we do remember things, and this occasion is just for that. There's a uniqueness about Mountain View Baptist Church that uh, I don't know if all of you are aware of this, but uh, I can go back as far as Brother Johnny Holcomb, and then Brother Billy followed him, then I followed Brother Billy Thorne, and then Brother Sammy followed me. And the uniqueness is, it, is this, that this church was the first church for each one of us. So Mountain View had a, a legacy, a history of breaking in pastors. And I got to confess to you, when I came here, I didn't know nothing. I didn't even suspect anything, really. <laughs> but I tell you what, it was boot camp for me, and I guess it was for you, uh, Brother Sammy. Let me share with you <clears throat> just a few things. On a, sort of on a light note, something that stuck with me uh, ever since he told me this when I was here. Brother Guy Bates told me one time that uh, after church on a Sunday morning, he and some other gentlemen were standing around out in front of the church talking. And he said, he said it this way. He said, old man Spears came up to us and said, gentlemen, I've been a Christian off and on for 40 years. <laughs> now, I've used that a lot of times. And I've seen a lot of people like that in my time of ministry. And then Brother Frank Messer shared something with me one time that I've utilized it as well. He told me about a church that didn't have its revival until the week after they plowed up their sweet potatoes and cut their sugar cane and made sorghum molasses. And he said they would get a, eat a bait of that and get the heartburn. Some of them think they'd been called to preach. <laughs> and he said that would last about a week or till killing frost and it was all over with. But let me share with you something that was uh, something I remembered more in a spiritual way. And I had to confirm it with Kim a while ago to make sure I thought I was right about it. This happened about a month or so after I left here, a little over a month, before Brother Samuel was called. I was called by someone from the church. They needed someone to come and baptize Kim Whitten. And someone forgot to plug up the heater. This is in January now. And I stepped in, and I, I kind of trembled. And when I baptized her and brought her up out of the water, she went, ooh, just like that. <laughs> My first thought was, she's already a charismatic. <laughs> but then on a more positive note, a remembrance of something very, very special to me. We were having a revival. Tony Preston was preaching for us. And we were, we had started the service, and we were singing victory in Jesus. And down the aisle came walking my brother. And he, 
he had been under conviction apparently all day long. Just goes to show you don't have to wait for the invitation to get saved. And so he was gloriously saved. I remember that. That is wonderful to remember. Now, I had a unique distinction. I was the first full-time pastor. I messed things up for Brother Sammy, so he had the opportunity to straighten things out. But he hung in there like a hair in a biscuit for how many years? 43 years? And he's done right well, or the Lord's worked right well through him. Now, let me close out by a word of encouragement, okay, on a spiritual sense. And it applies to this church, and it applies to every one of us. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 4, the Apostle Paul said, We've been approved of God to be entrusted with the gospel. God put Paul and others, he trusted them with the gospel. I believe firmly that every born-again believer has been entrusted with the gospel. And I believe also that every church that calls itself a true church has been of necessity entrusted with the gospel. Now, what is the gospel? You'd be surprised how many Baptist, uh, Baptists don't know what the gospel is. Well, the gospel is clearly defined for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Beginning in verse 1, Paul said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which you received, wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. Now keep that in memory. By which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I delivered unto you first of all, uh, what I preached unto you first of all. For I delivered unto you that which I also myself preached, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, was buried and rose again the third day according to the Scripture. Now that's God's definition of the gospel. Now I said, remember that, by which also you're saved. If that's the way by which we're saved, why do we hear a lot of other things? Only by what Christ has done are we saved and called the children of God. And Paul said elsewhere concerning that gospel, Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. And then in another place, you're familiar with this, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein, in that gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, faith as its beginning and faith as its ending. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. There's only one thing in the Bible said to be the power of God under salvation, and that's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let me close out this way in application of that. Paul said to the Philippians, recorded in Philippians 1.27, Only let your conduct or your manner of life, your conversation, be as it becomes the gospel. We're exhorted to model the gospel, to walk it as, to well, as well as to talk it. So may Mountain View Baptist Church be blessed of God 
to continue in the faith that Jude talked about as being once delivered to the saints. You've come a long way. Who knows but what we're in the home stretch that they just sang about. Let's be faithful and honor God and bless His holy name. Thank you, Brother Sammy.
Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much. Thank all of you for taking part in our worship. Brother Venlin, thank you so much for being here and for sharing with us. And um, you mentioned Kim about uh, you thought she might be charismatic. I asked her to do something yesterday here at the church, and she did that to me, too. So <laughs> I, I don't know if that's something else besides charismatic. For you who don't know, that was Kim that was leading that song a few minutes ago, just then. And so, but she's a blessing to be around. So uh, I believe she has a little touch of that charismatic in her. But thank you, Brother Venlin. I tell you, it's a blessing to have you here. Brother Billy Thorne could not be here, and I, I told him he called Monday, and, it's, and so I just told him I'd invite him back, and, and uh, he'd have another Sunday to come and, and share. But I appreciate Brother Villain and Doris being here. If you brought your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to look at one verse. And um, I've just, uh, I don't know if this is a message or if this is just uh, sharing from my heart. But I want to share from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we're going to look at verse 58. And this morning I want to share just some thoughts under a title, Celebrating celebrating a hundred years, celebrating a hundred years. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be stand fast. Now, King James says to stand firm. Be stand fast, immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity again to be a part of this service and for each one that's here this morning. For our guests, I pray they feel welcomed. And Father, that we can sense your Holy Spirit this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity just to come and celebrate this occasion. Thank you for those who have gone on before us and have been called home. And so, Father, I know there's sweet memories. Walk through that cemetery, names on those tombstones, but Lord, that's just a shell there. And Father, they're with you. And so we, we pray, Lord, that as they left a legacy behind, that we too will leave a positive legacy behind for others to follow. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. All through the Bible, you'll find where God's spiritual leaders and his people celebrated special occasions. After Moses and his people crossed the Red Sea, and they saw the great work that God had done in Egypt, Moses and the people of God sang a song unto the Lord. Exodus chapter 15 records that song. Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, she took a tambrel in her hand, and all the women went after her with tambrels, and they began to dance before the Lord, celebrating. Exodus chapter 21. Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. Joshua commanded 12 men to pick up stones as they crossed the Jordan River. They're on dry ground going across that riverbed, and they built a memorial for the occasion. There they celebrated. So you'll find throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament 
about celebrating. In Luke chapter 2, when Mary received the announcement from Gabriel and shared that announcement with her cousin Elizabeth that she was going to be the mother of the Messiah, Luke 1 verse 46, Mary broke out into a song. She celebrated. The angel sharing with the shepherds about the birth of Jesus in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. Listen to this. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you, or for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Celebrating in the Old Testament, celebrating in the New Testament, celebrating even in heaven. In heaven, angels celebrating. So they celebrate. If you remember, another important celebration there was at the tomb of Jesus when you heard the angel say, He's not here, but He's risen. Luke chapter 24, verse 6. And so today we've come together in celebration, celebrating a hundredth anniversary of Mountain View Baptist Church. First of all, there's the celebrating of our past accomplishments. You can go through the uh, children's activity room back there, and you can see some cutouts. You can see some newspaper clippings, perhaps, and, and more so you can see pictures. And there on the table, you have the organization meeting. You can pick one of those up. The organization minutes of the organization meeting uh, that constituted Mountain View Baptist Church. There on March the 20th, 1921, just a little small group of believers from the community of Spears Chapel, Alabama, met with a small group from First Baptist Church in Spears Chapel School Building to organize or to constitute a church. And that building was somewhere located pretty close to where we are now. And on that day, a motion was made to name the church Mountain View Baptist Church. And I was visiting Brother Charlie uh, Thompson years ago. And after I came here, and I was, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, I was, I was young. And, uh, and Charlie asked me a theological question. Why did they name, why did they change the name of our church? And so uh, I said, what, what are you talking about? And he said, well, it used to be called Spears Chapel. And why did they, why did they change the name? I said, I, I'll find out. So I go to Frank, Frank Messer. He was a clerk. And so we went back, Frank went back and found the organizational uh, minutes of that meeting where the church was constituted. And the first thing they did after it was called order was name this church Mountain View Baptist Church. But it was meeting in the school building. And the school was Spears Chapel School. And so you'd ask people over town, where do you go to church? And they'd say, I'll go over at Spears Chapel. They kept referring to it for Spears Chapel. Some, when I came here, several referred to it as Spears Chapel. But it was originally named Mountain View Baptist Church. Second order of business was they, they uh, voted to call J.W. Austin, um, Brother Jimmy's 49th cousin, I think, here <laughs> To the church. <laughs> I believe he's got it figured. But anyway, Brother Austin was called as pastor of the church, first pastor of the church. And from March the 20th, 1921 through the present, there's only been 20 pastors here at this church in 100 years. 
Brother C.L. Brown, Charlie Brown, he came, he spent two, well, it's not terms, that sounds like prison, but he, he spent two pastorates here. He spent one year, left, he came back, he spent another pastorate of four years. Brother, Brother John Holcomb, one pastorate, four years, came back, and uh, spent four more years. But all the pastors that Mountain View have, has had, They've done a fantastic job in shepherding and leading Mountain View Baptist Church. Brother Brown probably was uh, uh, one of my favorites to read about. A lot of things happened. He was a pretty progressive preacher. Uh, in 1946, they voted, the church voted to send $2 to the corporate program. $2. So that got them given to the corporate program. 1947, the church began meeting morning morning services and night services. And so that was another advancement that Brother Brown led them to. 1947, they also agreed to participate in the pastor's retirement. And I thought that was real good until I read the next sentence, and they deducted 6% out of his check to participate in that, <laughs> in that retirement. And I remember a revival, reading about a revival, and they took up a revival offering and gave the evangelist $150 for the week. And they gave the pastor 18 jars of canned fruit. And so I'm pretty sure he, he needed something to eat. 1947, they, uh, they voted to cooperate, Brother Laird, with the Franklin County Baptist Association and gave $4 toward the missionary salary. And so they're, they're involved in association missions. And then that same year, they gave $5 uh, to the state missions. And uh, Brother, Brother Brown and Miss Molly, uh, they bought the first offering plates, introduced the offering plates before you just came by and laid the offering on the table. And, um, and they would pay the lamp oil and whatever was left, they'd give that as a pastor's salary. And so Brother Brown, uh, he was a real progressive person. So we've seen God move in a lot of ways in the past. We've seen God hold back rain, even while I've been here, hold back rain in mid-February and March to get a foundation laid for a building on the 1st of April. You know how hard it rained this year in February, March, April? It didn't rain. I remember it. it was six weeks. It didn't rain. And that gave us time to get a foundation to have this building built and have the builders come in here on the 18th day of April. So we've seen God work. We've seen God provide uh, a $42,000, uh, pay for a 42000 piece of property by an individual and gave that to the church for a youth center. We've seen God pay... Uh, uh, Pay or give, uh, someone gave a, to the building fund. We set a, a, a $100,000 um, goal for three years, $300,000. And in six months, uh, someone had donated $325,000. And that met that goal for three years. We've seen God work in so many ways here. We've seen God add to the fellowship as he sees fit. He adds to it. Sad to say, take some away by different means. We have a lot of faithful members and a lot of servants uh, out in this cemetery that I'll, I'll, I'll cherish their memory until the day that I die. So the point is we've tried to discover God's will and get out of the way 
and just uh, let God do what he wanted to do. Philippians 2.13 just puts it this way. It is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So hopefully by the end of the year or by the next homecoming that we come together next June, we'll have a book which includes the history of Mountain View for 100 years. We'll bring it all the way up to date, and that's being worked on, collected now, so to speak. So we have the past history, celebrating the past, celebrating the present uh, accomplishment. Now, on January the 8th, 1978, the church voted to call me as their first full-time preacher. Brother Venland had been called, but he resigned shortly after that. If I'm not, if I, I may be incorrect, but he went on down to East Side, and then I came, and so uh, uh, when I got here, I was 26 years old, and uh, they gave me an opportunity to preach and to fill in, and then they asked me to fill in the next week, and then the next week, and then the next, and then to come for a month. And so um, I was young, and Judy was young. We were both 26, and eight days later after we came here, our daughter, Corey, she turned, uh, she turned 43. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry, she turned one. And, uh, and so now we've been here 43, and you can figure her a year later. Uh, she's 44 now, I think. But anyway, God's, God's blessed us. We had a, we've had a number of pastors, you know. They've asked me uh, from time to time, how, how have you stayed at one church so long? And this is what I share with them. He called me here. He gave me a vision. You know, that's something, Brother Venland. When God gives a vision to the church, you know who God gives a vision to the church to? He gives it to the pastor. He gives the vision to the pastor. And it's the pastor's responsibility to take that vision and lead that church toward that vision. But he has to know without a shadow of a doubt that's God's purpose, that's God's will for his church. And so God gave me a vision. God gave me deacons who supported me and who were committed to the task. I have the trust of the people back then, and, and um, that takes a, a, a while to build. And then I stay here, I've stayed here because the people are willing to work. I remember about four years into the pastorate here, I had a, a church that uh, called me and wanted to talk with me about coming uh, and preaching a trial sermon. And uh, I, I went, I told them I'd talk to them. I wanted to see if God was leading in that in any way. And, and so when I went, they had a beautiful sanctuary. We were still in that in the older building there. And, and so when I got there, I just, just the, and I remarked about their sanctuary. I said, you got a beautiful sanctuary, and it's, you, know, you have plenty of seating. And, and they said, well, all we need is someone to fill it up. And then I said this. I said, are you willing to work? And they said, well, preacher, we like it just like it is. And I came here, and guess what? The people are willing to work. The people are willing to serve. Many are servants, meaning the servants doing the job, you know, regardless of the sacrifice. Very few volunteers. A volunteer is someone who serves just when it's convenient. But we have several servants here. And then there are those here who are willing to be trained in soul winning and people willing to love and to reach out to all people through faith. And our people, for the most part, are willing to assist in, in our financial 
uh, giving process. And then our people are willing to step out in faith, really, to, to see God work and accomplish those God-sized tasks. A God-sized task is what you feel God is wanting you to do, but only He can do it. He wants you to be a part of it. And that's happened so many times here at Mountain View. And so we are... We, we celebrate the past, we celebrate the, the, the present, but we're challenged by the future. Now let me just say this to our church family. If, if Mountain View continues to be used by God to reach a lost world to himself, this, this present generation, I'm talking about 20 to 60-year-old 60, 60 generation, you're going to have to become real serious about your relationship with the Lord and about your commitment to his church. We're just one generation away of locking doors on this church. And you don't have to go very far, and you can see that happening now. Brother Larry can share churches in our association that's come to that point, or almost come to that point. So those out there in our cemetery... They left a legacy to us, and we're leaving one with you. I'm 70 years old, and uh, won't be here 30 more years, uh, perhaps. But what I'm trying to say is the older generation is going to be handing the mantle to you. And if this church, if this church opens its doors for another 100 years, or if it closes its doors, it's going to be left up to this present generation, 20-year-old now, up to 60 years old. So let me encourage you. We have a bright future as a church. For 100 years, this congregation's been active for the Lord. It's been active in this city. It's been active in this county. It's been active in the state. It's been active around the world through missions, in praying, in giving, and going, it's been active. So the question is, who's going to pick up the mantle? Will you pick up the mantle? Will you be willing to pick up the mantle and carry on? Will you be one of our deacons? Will you be one of our Sunday school teachers or one of our discipleship teachers or one of our nursery workers or our children's church worker? Or would you be in the WMU, Women's Missionary Union? Would you be part of the Brotherhood? Would you be the pianist? Would you be the music director? Would you be some leader in this church? 10, 15, 20 25 years from now, where will we be? That's the challenge before us. We celebrate our past history, we celebrate our present history, and we're challenged by our future. But then today, we celebrate personal decisions. Are you really getting serious about your relationship with, with God? Are you serious about that? You know, the Bible says that uh, in Luke chapter 15, 10, that there's joy in the presence of angels when one sinner repents. There's joy in heaven when one sinner repents. Celebrating in heaven. Today, perhaps, if you would give your heart and life to Jesus today and experience, a, experience the salvation that's free by believing the gospel, would you be willing to do that? If so, there's a celebration waiting in heaven 
Think of that. If you chose to recommit your life today and experience this personal celebration here, they'd be rejoicing in heaven. Perhaps today you, you may have said, Brother Sammy, I, I've been saved, but I've never followed the Lord in believer's baptism. You may need to come today and experience a celebration in your life. Celebrate. Unite with this church if you feel this is where God wants you. Experience that celebration here today. You can do that. Celebrate in our past. Celebrate in our present. Accepting the challenge for the future. And celebrating a personal decision today. A day of celebration. I pray that you will. Ever how God's leading you to respond this morning. We're going to have a word of prayer. And then we're going to have an invitation and I've asked uh, our praise team to sing our invitation, but it's our invitation. Just remain seated. I'm going to be down front. And uh, this is God's invitation for some, some family, some woman, some man, some, some person to come and say, Brother Sammy, I want, to, I want to accept the gospel today. And after everyone leaves, I'll share with you how you can do that. But if you would, let's have a prayer as they're coming to, to sing our invitation. Father, thank you for an opportunity just to reminisce just for a while. And think of the celebrations in your word. Think of the celebrations, Lord, uh, of the past and of the present, the challenge for the future. But there can be some celebrating today for those who will give their heart and life to Jesus. For those, Lord, who be willing to come and recommit their life to you. For those, Lord, who would unite and begin to use their spiritual gifts here at this place if you've brought them here. But, Lord, I pray your will would be done. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, God's done a lot of things. He's done a lot of miracles. Time wouldn't permit for me to share all the miracles. Nothing that we could do unless God did it, it wouldn't be done. We are fixing to lay the foundation and we had a power pole that had to be moved. And they told us that it'd be a month before the bucket trucks could get here from Tuscaloosa because of a tornado toward Birmingham. And all of a sudden, I, I made a couple of speaking engagements, and one person that was there happened to be just retired from Alabama Power. And his well, again, I want to thank you for viewing our worship service. If you'd like to know how you could come to know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, please feel free to contact our church at the address listed. We also encourage you so to visit God our website. If we'll have the faith. So today, God. Thank you, and may God bless you.